Good morning and Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. I want to preach today from the subject, The Gift of Peace. This is the final message in this series that we have titled, A Savior is Born. Uh, in the first message on December the 4th, we talked about being surprised by hope. How when the world was at its darkest, most depressed and desperate time, God decided at that time was the time for his son to be born and he surprised the world by hope. Well, we discovered in that message that no matter how desperate, dark and despair your circumstances might be, during this Christmas season, you can be surprised by hope when you put your sight on the Savior, recognize that God is the source of our hope and the Holy Spirit gives us hope in an abundant supply. On December the 11th, we looked at the message, How to Worship the Savior. We learned a lesson from the wise men who searched diligently until they found the Savior and discovered that if we're going to adequately worship the Savior, we ought to search diligently for the truth. Don't be a spectator where you guess and speculate and wonder what God is like, but do like these wise men did, whatever it takes to come to the knowledge of the truth. We also discovered that these wise men experienced the joy. It was a star that led them to Jesus. And we too, in like fashion, if we're going to worship the Savior, ought to experience the joy. Whatever or whomever God used to lead us to the knowledge of his Son, we ought to take a moment and give thanks to God for them. It's made a difference in our life. They've made a difference in our life. And then finally, they received the gift. When they saw the child, they bowed down and worshiped and presented unto him gifts. And we can receive our Savior too. Because when you receive the gift, it says a lot of what you think about the gift giver, who is God. Then on December the 18th, we looked at the subject, Don't Miss Christmas. I saw that there were three kinds of people who missed Christmas when it was right in front of them. The innkeeper missed it because he was consumed with the business of doing business. King Herod missed it because he was gripped with fear. And the religious leaders missed it because they were so familiar with what was going on. In like fashion, we don't want our hearts to be commercial, that is, consumed with the business of minding our own business, that we don't take time to worship the Savior. Nor do we want our hearts to be callous by fear, fear of what will happen if I surrender control of my life to Christ, fear that I will lose the fun that I can have if I really become a follower of Jesus Christ, fear that people will think I'm a fanatic that uh, if I follow and, and surrender my life to Christ, we ought to hear the good news of Christmas. Fear not. God's got to fear not for every fear, <clears throat> excuse me, that you and I possess. Then we don't want to be like the religious leaders who were so familiar with where Christ would be born and the traditions that they had created around it. 
that they miss Christmas. We have a lot of traditions, putting up trees, turning on lights, putting gifts underneath the tree, singing carols, drinking eggnog, a lot of traditions that we add. Frosty the snowman, Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, the shelf on the elf. We can get so caught up in the tradition that we miss the essence of Christmas, and that is that God wants to have a relationship with you. Today, the final message in this series is the gift of peace. Have you ever had one of those days when literally everything went wrong? You think I shouldn't have got out of bed today? I was talking with a pastor friend of mine who shared this story with me. He was working on a project to complete some work and decided to do something that he had not done in a long time since his college days, and that was to pull an all-nighter. He discovered in the process that he's not as young as he used to be, and pulling an all-nighter was not as easy as what he thought. So he found himself working, 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 to the point of exhaustion and through exhaustion. Finally, when morning came, it was time for him to get busy about his day. And boy, did he have a busy day. He had to meet with folk on his dissertation committee, as well as a whole host of other things that pastors do. To get the day started, excuse me, he decided that he would fix himself some breakfast. And looking to be more health conscious, he created what he called a power shake, poured all kind of ingredients into a blender to blend it up to get himself started on a great day. After having put the final ingredients in the blender, he turned it on and only to discover he forgot to put the top on. Now things have been compounded because he splattered with all kinds of goo and so is his kitchen because his wife and son have already left the house. He's got to clean this up because chances are they'll be back before he gets back and he doesn't want them to see what kind of mess he's made. Well, where he was a little bit ahead of schedule, he is now falling more and more behind schedule so that by the time he leaves and gets in his vehicle, he has hit a traffic jam and he is at a standstill. Looking in the rearview mirror, he sees a car that looks like he's going faster than he should be, getting closer and closer in the mirror, thinking to himself, he's going to hit me, he's going to hit me, he's going to hit me, when all of a sudden, he hit me. Having exchanged information, sitting there waiting for the police to show up to complete the accident report. One of the persons who drives by because of Gaper's block extends him the middle finger, shouts some obscenity. And my friend shared with me, I probably just should have gone to sleep because when I look back, I was overextended, blended, rear-ended, and offended. That's the kind of day when you really need the peace of God in your life. Today, it's really rare to find people who are at peace. I meet people all the time who are active, people who are busy, people who are stressed, people who are tired, people who are full of ambitious dreams and goals, but I rarely meet people who are totally at peace. They don't really have peace with themselves, peace with the world, or peace with God. 
Yet peace is the primary reason we celebrate Christmas. Jesus came to give us peace. 700 years before his birth, the prophet announced that his name would be the Prince of Peace. In Isaiah 9, 6, the word of God says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. At the very Christmas, on the night of Jesus' birth, a cacophony of sound could be heard by the angelic host saying, according to Luke 2.14, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. When Jesus grows up and does his ministry, it's a ministry of peace on earth. All throughout, sprinkled throughout his ministry, we see his desire for us to have peace. You remember when the storm arose on the lake and Jesus was awakened and he says, peace, be still. Yes, in a real storm, but even in the storms of our life, many have discovered that he can speak peace in the midst of your storm. When Jesus is about to go back to heaven before he leaves earth, Jesus himself says in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. His peace. Jesus' ministry is of peace. He came so that we might have peace. Do you have the gift of peace? Well, Jesus says, the kind of gift that I give, nobody else can give to you. You can't get it in a bottle. You can't get it in a pill. You can't get it in a book. It's not an experience. The kind of peace Jesus gives, only he can give. There are more than 300 verses that talk about peace, and I've discovered that there are three kinds of peace that these words that these verses break down into categorically. And they're the kinds of peace that only Jesus can give. There's peace with God. That's spiritual or eternal peace. There's peace within. That's emotional peace or internal peace. Then there's peace with others. That's relational peace or external peace. Jesus came that we might have peace. And that's the whole essence of why we celebrate today the gift of peace. The first kind of peace that we have is peace with God. And this is spiritual peace or eternal peace. The Bible says the first thing Jesus came to do is to restore peace between us and God. In 2 Corinthians 5.18, the Bible says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, God sent Christ to make peace between himself and us. Why do we need peace between us and God? 
Because anytime I go my own way and I say, I think I know better than God, I know what God says to do, but I'm going to, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make up my own rules. In fact, I'm going to be God myself. I'm going to pretend to be God. I'm going to be Lord of my own life. I'm going to be the master of my own life. I'm not going to do what the Bible says to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. Whenever I have these thoughts or feelings and even actions, when I pretend to be God, I disobey God, I fight God, I ignore what God says to do. Beloved, that's an act of rebellion. It's an act of revolt. And it really puts me in conflict with God. And the Bible says there's no peace there. I get disconnected. And God then seems and feels like he's a million miles away. The truth of the matter is God doesn't want you to live disconnected from him. He made you to be connected to him. So here's what the Bible says. In Romans 5, 1. It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, since we are made right with God by faith in Christ, we have peace with God because of what Jesus has done for us. We have peace with God because of what Jesus has done. Peace doesn't come from what you and I do. Peace comes from what Jesus Christ did on the cross. It's not what I do. It's not what you do. You can't be a nice person to get peace with God. You get peace with God through what Jesus did on Calvary's cross for you and me. That's what Christmas is all about. Later in Romans chapter 5, around verse 10, the Bible says... For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Even though we were God's enemies, God made peace with us. I want you to watch this. God took the initiative because his son died on our behalf and for our sins, so that we might be in right relationship with God. Now that we're at peace with God, we will be saved for eternity by his son's life. What a blessing to know that we have peace with God, spiritual peace, eternal peace that can never be lost. Do you have the gift of peace. The second kind of peace we have is emotional peace. Peace within. We call that emotional or internal peace. The Bible describes this peace as the peace of Christ. When you and I have the peace of God, then we get the peace of Christ inside of us. This peace is a peace that makes us feel good. Notice what the Bible says in Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. I want you to notice the word in. 
It's inside you. It's emotional. It's internal. This word peace, Arane in the Greek, captivates the essence of the Hebrew concept of the word peace, shalom. It means well-being. It means happiness. It means harmony. It means serenity. And the idea here is that for every one of our problems, God has a corresponding peace. If your heart is broken, God has comforting peace. If you are confused, God has guiding peace. If your heart is full of shame, God gives forgiving peace. When you're worried, God gives confident peace. God has a peace for every problem that you and I have. Whatever the problem, God has a peace. If you have a financial problem, there's a financial peace promise in Scripture. If you have a physical problem, there's a physical peace promise in Scripture. God doesn't want you and me to worry about anything. He says, I will give you what you need. Listen again to the words of Christ. My peace I give to you. That's a promise from the Savior himself. That peace within. Do you have the gift of peace? Well, there's a third kind of peace that you and I can have, and that's peace with others. We call that relational or external peace. Relational peace is the fact that the further away we get from God, the more it messes up our relationships with everybody else. The more out of whack you are with God, the more out of whack you're going to be with other people. And the further away I get from God, the more cranky I get with you. That's just the way God wired us. The world is not getting more peaceful. The world is getting more conflicted. And we see it happening all around the world. We want peace, but we start wars to try to get peace. We want peace, but yet we can't get along together. How do we have unity? We talk about it in our country. The phrase, e pluribus unum, out of many one. The phrase, in God we trust. The phrase, united we stand. How in the world do we get unity when there are so many different kinds of people, so many different ethnic groups, so many different cultures, so many different kinds of people living together? The only way we're going to have peace is when we're unified as children of God. Why? Because the closer we get to God, it pulls us closer to each other. Notice what scripture says here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 16, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. The context of this verse is that God, through Christ, has broken down the middle partition in the physical temple that separated the Jews from the Gentiles, that separated the men from the women. 
uh, he says here that Christ brought us all together through his death on the cross. The cross gets us to embrace each other and end the hostility between all of these different groups. The Bible says that Jesus is the one. When we have the Prince of Peace in our life, then we're going to have peace with each other. Look around and you'll see all the cities that are aflame with injustice and crime, racism, and all of these kinds of things. All lives don't matter. If they did, we would not have discrimination, hate, crime, and injustice. The Bible says, therefore, in Galatians 3.28, that in Jesus Christ, there is no Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or female, for you are all one in Christ. There's no cultural difference. There's no socioeconomic difference. There's no gender bias or difference. In Christ's family, there is no division between us. In Christ's family, we're all equal and the same. Jesus is the great equalizer. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. We're all in a common relationship with Jesus. Do you have the gift of peace? These three kinds of peace build on each other. First, I have to have peace with God. When I have the peace with God, then I get the peace of Christ and I start feeling good about me. When I start feeling good about me, I've got peace within myself. Then I can have peace with you. Things that used to upset me and irritate me don't bother me so much anymore. It's like a cup of coffee. If you have a cup of coffee and it's filled to the brim, the least little amount of shaking will cause the cup to spill over with coffee. Well, when I'm so full of myself, when you are so full of yourself and we don't have peace with God and peace within, the little thing that shakes us or agitates us or irritates us causes us to overflow with all kinds of emotions that more than likely are negative and counterproductive to peace. But when I have the peace of God in me and peace within myself and less of me in that cup, you can shake me a little bit. You can agitate me a little bit and I won't burst out or lash out in anger or frustration because when I'm at peace, things just don't bother me. I've asked you if you have the peace. Let me ask another question. How do you get this peace? Peace with God, peace within, and peace with others. Well, here's the key. The Bible says in Matthew 11, 28 and 29, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. If you want the gift of peace, beloved, you can have it on this Christmas day. There are three things you need to do. The first thing is you need to come to Jesus. 
You're not going to get it any other way. It's not going to be found in a present under the tree because the gift of peace was nailed to the tree. You have to come to Jesus. Surrender your life to him to say, I surrender my all to him. Not only do you come to Jesus, but you have to connect with Jesus. We call that to be in fellowship. Fellowship is where we connect with God as our father and we connect with the body of Jesus, members of his body as brothers and sisters. We call that as I said, fellowship. But there are four levels of fellowship that you and I need to embrace. First, there's sharing, where we get to know each other as human beings. Then there's studying, when we study the word of God together and seek intentionally how we can make what we learn through the truth of scripture a consistent part and practice in our life. It's when we connect with Jesus as members of his family with one another, that we learn that we're not perfect. It's in relationship with others that we learn that we do indeed get on other people's nerves. But it's in relationship with others that we learn how to look beyond our differences to the point where we celebrate the fact that we've been made in the image of a holy God and he allows us to interact as brothers and sisters in his kingdom. The third level of fellowship is when we serve together. Whether it be on projects, you learn a lot about a person through how they serve and serving to make a difference in the life of somebody who may know us, but does not know the Savior. So that in our serving together, they get to see the light of hope and the light of Christ at work within you and me, God's children. And then the ultimate level of fellowship is when we suffer together. That when I'm hurting, when you're hurting, when there's a brother or sister who's in emotional pain and frustration, who may be overwhelmed with the circumstances of life, God manifests himself best when he has people like you and me who are in covenant relationship with other brother and sisters that he works through to meet their needs. How do you get this peace? You got to come to Jesus. You have to connect with Jesus. And then thirdly, you have to let Jesus change you. It's in the context of this fellowship where we're held accountable to each other, not for their standards, but the things that we say we want to do in terms of our own personal growth. Jesus is still in the life-changing business. And if you want that peace, he specializes in extreme makeover, working on the inside and letting that flow over to the outside. How do you do it? It's just a matter of surrendering your life to him. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. You can get this peace as you surrender your heart to Jesus. God bless you.